What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Uncharted Pod. We are back with another episode today. How My boy got a mic. My boy got a mic. <laughs> I did. Let's get it. He, he got a mic. Hopefully, uh, you didn't believe me, man, that I was gonna go buy one, but I did. I did it. not, not for a second, dude. I, I didn't believe you for a, like a living second at all. Funny story. I actually ordered it right after you texted me, and the same day delivery got got my bag. Oh my! Wait, so when I texted you and you texted back uh, tomorrow, as in Sunday, you had just ordered it. Literally, I hit buy now, and within a second, I ordered it, and then it, and then it said it was gonna come on on Sunday, and I was like, okay, I'm chilling. It works. No, but in, in regards to my text. Oh yeah, dude, one hundred percent. I didn't buy it until right oh after you texted me, Doc. But the important part is technology's on my side. It is on your side. I was able to get I'm it. I'm really surprised in December. Um, what do you call it? In December, like especially during Christmas time, like we're one week in December, and you got it like same day delivery still. Like, I'm a valued Prime customer, bro. Dude, aren't we all? Wait, does our Prime membership like dip because we graduated, bro? Yeah, but I, I'm I've been paying the fifteen bucks. I guess. Oh, okay. Maybe yeah. I am too. I, I just like have no clue. That's sick though. Yeah. Um, it it sucks, but yeah. Stuff? yeah. Finally, dude. Um, yeah, very proud. Hopefully, the audio quality will go up. You guys can let us know, hit us up, and stuff. Um, how it is on uh, Yasha's end. Um, yeah. But we're 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 gonna get it going. Um, Let's get we it. We are going to continue our. Player projections counting down to December 22nd. Dude, I'm so hyped. Literally, um, preseason is in a week, man. In it one is. Week. In one so week. It's happening so fast. Um, and the NBA is back. You know, we're going to see a lot of sec- bench players, like, see how they integrate on teams. So, you know, to the common NBA fan, it's not exciting. But for us, dude, like, seeing how these new additions, like, you know, most – most of these additions run to the bench and stuff. Uh-huh. Seeing how they like are probably going to start, get some run, um, and how they look in their uniforms, I'm super stoked for it. So, yeah, um, and then all leads to the big thing on December 22nd. Um, so, with our player projections, we're going to keep on going with our list of uh, the top 21 most intriguing players heading into this upcoming season. Yeah, um, sure. And so far, you can go down the line, right? We've talked about Lonzo Ball, talked about SGA. Uh, who am I missing? SGA was uh, yesterday. I'm missing one more guy. Was that? Oh my God! It? No, we talked about another person. We actually talked about John Morant, baby. John Morant. John Morant. Too. Yeah. So, um, drum roll, please. This guy's really, uh, you know, popping off as well. Young, young star in the making. C.J. McCollum of the Portland Trailblazers. That guy. That guy's a beast. I'm very excited for this pod. Um, uh, C.J. McCollum, you know, tenth pick, former tenth round pick of the Blazers. Um, he's currently in his sixth season. Back in uh, 2013, was drafted. Um, and you know, just keeps on getting better. Not even 29, so up there in age a little bit. But after in 2013, not not 15. Drafted in 13, bro. He's been 13 in exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, has definitely got a lot of experience. You know, came up the ranks. You know, started on the bench for the Blazers, and now just a legit starter next to Dame, uh, fitting in that backcourt. Um, yeah. and just uh, super, uh, super great. Already been in big playoff games already, and I'm just super excited to talk talk about him. He is a very consistent guy. I mean, he has a crazy life story where I think like he was always that undersized guard and then, you know, not really getting a lot of prospects coming out of high school, went to college at Lehigh. And like his game overall is very polished. Like that's what I was uh, like learning a little bit more today when I was looking into him. This yeah. man has such a well-polished game and fits in in, in that two spot to Damian Lillard really, really well. And Extremely. I don't know. It, They've been kind of backpacking this Blazer team for 
my entire life from what I've seen. Um, it's pretty cool, though. I, I've really enjoyed watching him play. So, I mean, kind of to kick it off a little bit, I'm curious, like, what stood out to you? Because I think he was on your list, right? So He was on my list. He yeah. was on my list. Yeah, so I'll What's definitely get into it. Um, I just feel like, you know, we can – so I'm actually going to – while I pull up the Blazers offseason, um, you know, I just think, you know, as we talked about a few pods ago, um, the Blazers just got so much better. And I'm obviously really high on the Blazers because of what they did. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the postseason last year, we saw Damian Lillard go on a tear, right? And yeah. You know, I think he's 30 right now. Damian Lillard, he's like, I think, a year older than CJ, came the draft before him. And yeah. he's entering his prime, in my opinion. I think in the bubble, you saw, like, he's just ability to take over games. He kind of had that mentality of just get to the playoffs no matter what mentality. He did it. And, you, and, you, and he did it. He actually did it um, and got a game off the defending champions, uh, you know, in that first round. And so with that, you know, him leading the charge, um, you look at their additions, Derek Jones Jr., from the Miami Heat, uh, the Eastern Conference champions, uh, Robert Covington, who's always had value and is uh, uh, highly coveted in front offices because of the advanced metrics he provides, a healthy yeah. Yusuf Nurkic, a healthy Zach Collins coming back, who's a solid player for them, Carmelo Anthony, yep. a, uh, a give-and-take give 14, 15-point scorer, now coming off your bench. You get Ennis Cancer, who's you know has defensive issues but can always get you a bucket and is great offensive rebounder. I think he's Rodney better than Hood. Whiteside for them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, Rodney Hood, who's still an elite scorer off the bench. Trent Jr., who is reigning threes, literally shooting 50% um, from three in, in, the, in the bubble last season. Anthony Simons, um, I, I just think that this is a collection of guys that can compete. Um, Definitely. The, the wild card left is CJ. Right? Is he a wild card? He's a wild card because look, you have the best player and then the others, right? So who's in the middle of that, right? It's CJ. He's always he's been consistent. He, yeah. He's 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 been consistent, like you're saying, right? He's a twenty point per game score. He's twenty two. Where the Blazers want to go, you know, they're trying to keep Damian Lillard a, a, a Blazer for life, sure, right? You know, he and he he respects loyalty, and that's why he has so much fans and so much respect in this league. Um, but he's not going to tolerate losing for this long. Right. And to really cement himself, he's has Damian Lillard ever have this much talent uh, on the Blazers around him other than this year, this upcoming year? I don't I think so. so. He had LaMarcus when so. they when they took the West, but they didn't have CJ. They didn't they didn't go far. Right. They didn't have this collection of guys. You know, they had younger Batum, uh, Rudy, Rudy Fernandez, you know, players like that veterans, but not young guns like this that have proven elsewhere and can now come together sure, okay. um, I can see and, 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 and put something together. So okay. I think CJ is the, is the X factor because what is he going to do? Is he going to regress? If they regress, then, you know, that's more load for Damien. And, you know, you don't want to see him take too much. And then that's more pressure on the other guys. We know these guys are not, they're not, you know, star level players, but they are a good supporting cast okay. to be competent, right? So who's left? If you take the others out of the equation, we're expecting big things out of Dame. He's in that top 10 status. He's a superstar. That's great. Move him okay. out of the equation. We can expect Dame to do great things. So if you do that, who is left on the team who's a question mark, right? That's why I find CJ so intriguing because here you have this uh, really consistent guy, 20-point-per-game score. But as we're going to get into in this pod, there's aspects of this game where, you know, maybe he's going to accelerate. And he's going to be the catalyst that defines whether the Blazers are a first-round exit and, you know, under, underperform or could get them to the Western Conference Finals and surprise everybody. 
So that's why I had I him see. on my list, and I'm very intrigued um, because he has so much consistency in this game, proven scorer, playmaker, all that stuff. But can he take his game to a new height, maybe ascend to all-star status with Dame? Because this team has the potential to have a good record, and when you have a good record, you're going to reward multiple guys on the team with all-star selection. So I think this is the year where he can get to that level. Um, and so, you know, th- those are the reasons why I think CJ is such a wild card because um, he's so intrigued because if everything goes right and he plays well, this guy could be an all-star. And that's huge for his I career see. being his seventh year in the league. So that's where I'm sort of coming from with, with CJ uh, I, on the Blazers. I can kind of counter your points here. I honestly don't see him as a wild card at all. I think he provides such a consistency – like you said, you're kind of contradicting yourself, right? Like this guy is like, quote unquote, the second, he's not quote unquote, he's the second player on that team, you know, on any given night. It's either him or Dame. And we saw even in the Warriors series, when they made it to the Western Conference Finals, the two guys literally carried that squad. Like they were dropped like 80 points combined and they still lost. But like the two of them are really, really good. And I'm not saying that CJ is as good as Damian Lillard, but his consistency in his game and the way he plays last year, I feel like he took a hit honestly, because like watching the highlights and like throughout his season, like he relies a lot, like he moves a lot off the ball and Yusuf Nurkic and him had some great like dribble handoffs and great chemistry between them. Yeah. The two of them, like, like, you know, we saw like some backdoor cuts that, you know, Yusuf Nurkic could could get the ball to him and stuff because Nurkic is a good passer. So he struggled and he still got 22 a game and he improved his three a little bit. And, I mean, to me, like, you're playing with Nurkic again in this coming season. I don't think he's an X-factor at all. I think he's going to play better. We can see him averaging 23 points a game or 24 points a game. Like, I think for the for the Blazers team, their biggest discrepancy has always been their defense. Like, defensively, they've always struggled, and that's where they start losing out to a lot of these big-name teams because when you start looking at, you know, the contending teams in the, in the West – like you're looking at the the Lakers, the Clippers, both teams that could play defense, right? And then the Nuggets who can also play defense. The teams that kind of fall off are like the Rockets who have that who had that powerful offense last season, but you know, no defensive pressure whatsoever. And and the Blazers kind of fall into that category. So when they when they like made that strong playoff push, you know, they got back Nurkic and stuff, like Dame had to drop like 40, 50 points a game at one point, you know, to like keep them in the running. And that just goes to show you that you know, while he's pouring in those points, like they don't have any defensive effort. I mean, now looking into the future, they've definitely improved on that. And I think that's where CJ um, might just might need to sit up and like make a difference because his defensive rating is where he, he struggles. So, so that's my take. I, th- I think, I think you're right in some points. And I agree that, um, you know, maybe it's not necessarily a wild card, but I'm, my point is, you add Derek Jones Jr. You add okay. Robert Covington. You add yeah. Rodney Hood back, who came came back from Achilles. Okay. Like these are the players they didn't have last year. So that's my point. Where but Rodney's inconsistent, right? Rodney's inconsistent. That's fine, but he's coming off the bench. So I'm I'm talking about adding two two and a half starters, pretty much, right? To, sure. to your team. Okay. Right. That that is that is completely new. That is completely different than a than an aging Trevor Ariza, than an aging Carmelo Anthony, you know, in that starting lineup. To the point where Damian did have to drop forty, right? In, okay. in that sense, so these are player athletic players who are going to do more little things to take the load off these guys. That's why that's why I think it's such a different team and a new team and a team with renowned energy, especially with Damian entering his prime. 
to the point where his body feels great. He's he's going to want to do more and average 30, 32 points a game. I personally think this is a separate conversation that Dame's going to be top five in MVP voting next year, right? Okay. that's how good – and that's – I think the, the sense of urgency from Portland is now, right? You know, the Lakers, Lakers won and stuff like that. KD's injured, stuff like that. Uh, Giannis has a ton of pressure. This is your chance. Steph is with a lacking team. In the Western Conference, this is the time to cement yourself. The Clippers have got a little worse, right? So with Damian understanding that, I think CJ, you're saying he's consistent. So I'm not contradicting myself because we've seen consistent play out of CJ McCollum. My point is, if they want to go higher, if they want to compete with the Clippers, yes, I'm putting in the same sentence as the Clippers. CJ's got to step up even more, right? Wouldn't you say so? He has to elevate his game to Paul George type numbers, which he's not that far off from. If I don't really think I don't think he struggles when it comes to you know playing in the playoffs and you know stepping up. He has a big shot after big shot in every playoff series. He never he never shied from the spot. Like he, you never saw him choke in the playoffs. In fact, I agree. I think I'm that he's the good. Blazers, he's in a good spot. But I'm saying Blazers he needs to be better problem. if they're trying to get if they're trying to get to where I think they can go. That's my the, point. The only way they can get to where they can go, even with all these roster additions, is that they need a strong. They need an all star wing. That's where they lack. That's where they've always lacked. That's why they signed Carmelo, even though, like, you know, he's but That's what of, I'm saying. I think if CJ can beat that all-star wing, he has to. That's what I'm saying. How can You're in agreement with me. Wing. I don't think he can beat that all-star wing. He has that's to. what I'm predicting. That's what I think. If the ceiling for him, if the Blazers are successful, you don't think if the Blazers snatch the second or third seed, CJ is going to get an all-star look? He's always been an all-star. He's just playing for a small market team. I don't think – like That has like, nothing to do with all-star selection. Of course, Middleton – Chris Middleton is a three-time All-Star. Yes, in the in the East. Yeah, in the East. Okay, so when you when you're looking at the West, you know that there's already like there's better players that play in the West. I understand. So that's a different like, argument than small compa- market. No, of course it, it it's a big difference. Like Clay Thompson arguably averaged the same amount. He averaged less points than than uh, CJ McCollum, and he made the All-Star. No, the reason selection. CJ wasn't selected is because CJ was on a worse team all this time. They were always hovering around the six, eighth seed. When you're when you're no, when you're a sub when you're a sub four seed, when you're a sub four seed, you're only granted one All-Star. Usually is the case. If you're a top four seed, your two best guys usually get a look, right? Jimmy and Bam, right? They were fourth seeds together, right? Uh, you know, T- Brown was such a big snub, right? Because the Celtics were a top three seed. Um, I don't even know who was second in, in the East last year, but Giannis and Middleton were lot. Middleton was Trey a lot. Young was literally a starter in the Eastern. Yeah, Island. that's a different case because he was the averaging dude. 30. Okay. And then I, you can get into the Trey Young and Bradley Beal debate too. Like all, all that stuff. Why didn't Bradley Beal get selected? But that's not the point. The point is when your team wins, the more games you win and the higher you are in the standings, the more look your other players are going to get besides your, your, your all-star lock usually right? Take, take the main all-star away from every top four team, right? And you go down the list. All-stars are not biased, but the preference is winning players, right? Unless you have extreme, extreme circumstances where, you know, the statistics are just, you know, you can't avoid, right? Trey Young is an example. Devin Booker, who came off an injury, just, but was also an example. Okay. Carl Anthony Towns' statistics were amazing, but his team was dead last in the standings. That's my entire point. They were only eighth Two out of the last four, like five seasons. So they were not yeah, so one, between six so, and eight. So they were third. They so they were, th- I know they were third once. And they then- were third in 17, 18. They were fifth okay. in 15, 16. They fifth, were exactly. Fourth in 14, 15. Like, exactly. No, like at that point, if you're, if you're sitting third or fourth or fifth in the, in the Western Conference and you're not getting, you don't all-star get two all stars. 
Why wouldn't you? You don't, because you're you're not that you're not that you're not that much of a winner. That's what I'm saying. At your position and the position you just mentioned, like matters too. He's he's coming behind James Harden. He's coming behind Clay Thompson. All those years they were third or fourth or fifth. That's what I'm saying. The guard position. It's not a shooting guard position anymore. It's a guard position. And you take all the point guards in the West, which is godly, right? And then multiple and, and add that with James Harden and Clay Thompson always in front of him. It's going to be tough for CJ. Now we know Clay Thompson's injured, and the West has completely shuffled. And I'm saying if the Blazers can reach their ceiling, which I'm a big believer in, and you don't have to agree with this, if they can ascend to where I think they can in the regular season, I think they can be the second seed because the Lakers are resting and the Clippers aren't as good as they were last year. Then if you're the second seed and it's the all-star break, the coaches, the media is like, wow, like the Blazers are a surprise team. Who is like responsible for this? All right, we know Dame's in the All Star game already, but how is this team so successful? You're acting the like the next CJ guy McCullough they're gonna look at. The next guy they're gonna look at is not Derek Jones Jr. It's not gonna be Nurkic. It's gonna be CJ McCollum because he's gonna come off a 24 points per game scoring average. I mean, I mean it's it's not just like like in my opinion, CJ McCollum has always been an All Star caliber player. He's not. I agree. He just doesn't get the recognition because there's so many good All Star players, All Star caliber Guards. players. In the in the West, right? So I don't I understand what you mean, like him getting an All Star selection. Like even when they were third in the in the West, he was not getting looked at. I so. understand. I understand because there were a lot of guards in in his way. But I'm saying, okay, so like, what's going to change this year? I don't think it's him. I don't like. It doesn't matter. Harding, if you're Harding could get traded. So Harding, Harding could go east, and his only preferred destination are going to be east. Clay Thompson's out, right? Clay okay. Thompson's out. That's what I'm saying. So those are two guys that are already out of your way in your position. That's How do you saying. know James Harden is going to go east? Today reports came out saying that the guy is committed to playing for the Houston Yeah, Rock. that's one conversation with John Wall. Like, that's not really, like, you know. There's John Wall. See, people say, people say, things, be an people say things all the time at right? the point guard position. I'm not saying it's a, it's a lock, but I'm saying, I'm saying if the Blazers surprise everyone and they get the second seed, do they not get rewarded with two all-stars? Would they not? I'm not sure because you have Chris Paul, Devin Booker, okay? That's Those just are like sons. six, seven seeds, so only one of them is going to get selected. That's my point. How do you know that Chris, that Chris Paul is, is essentially a lock if he plays any sort of way where they end up in, in the playoffs? Then he's the all-star. That's fine. You can I think Devin CP. Booker also can get the argument. It's, it's like based on fan votes. I'm, I'm not saying it's going like, to be a lock. I'm not saying CJ is a lock. I'm just saying the NBA rewards winning. Chris Middleton is a questionable all-star, but his team – is first and winning 60 games every single year. So no one questions it that much. Yeah, I'm but- saying if the Blazers surprise everyone and you know are unquestionably a top three, a top two seed, CJ could get a look and CJ could get selected and not a lot of people are going to have a problem with that. That is my point. I'm not saying he's not like a fringe all-star. He's definitely, it's going to be close. But I'm saying if he does all the right things, and that's what the point of this pod is, his, we talk about his ceiling and then his like lowest. His ceiling is an all-star selection. That's what I'm saying. So I'm not, I'm not trying to argue like this is going to happen. I'm talking about C.J. McCollum's ceiling this upcoming season. Sure. but what I, we're discussing is an all-star just, caliber player, and then his ceiling is going to be ultimately getting that bid. That's my point. I understand, but you also need to look at it from the perspective of a fan. Like small market does make a big difference. In How? I don't get that argument. 50% of the vote for an all-star is – Coming from the fans' perspective. No, not if from the play, bench. Not for the reserves. The reserves are done by the coaches. No, I understand. But, like, you're saying that if they get a second or third seed, why would he be coming off the bench? Why wouldn't he be the second guard there is my question. What? In the starting lineup for the West? 
Yes. What are you saying? What? Because that's what that's what the ascension he would need to be, right? For them to be no, he wouldn't. Oh my! Yeah, what are you saying? Averaging twenty, he's going to be selected by the coaches as a reserve. What you're reading, what you're reading is fifty percent is done by fans. That's for the starting lineup for the West. Yes, and that's what that's what you're saying. You never okay. You never said that he was. uh, You you're talking about him making the reserve squad. Oh my goodness! Don't pull that now. You knew that I was talking about the entire fucking. No, time. I did. I absolutely. Who the did fuck not, would bro. make the case CJ McCollum is better than James Harden? There's no fucking way I would. You say literally that. said James Harden's gonna go east. Therefore, there's a spot. It, it clears up. It clears up the shooting guard spot for the whole team. Why the fuck would I give a shit if he's a starter or not? So you're saying him to become an All Star reserve? The coaches are gonna vote him in. That's what an All Star is. If I would have clarified and said all, I would have clarified and said All Star starter. Okay. No, because an all-star starter is more of a vindiction. There's more of a validation than an all-star. Anyone's an all-star. If I Trey Young is an all-star starter, which makes him really good. He has that to his name. Okay. Pascal Siakam has that to his name. He's an all-star starter. Okay. Okay. I would have included that. Okay. CJ McCollum is going to be the. Tw- it has his ceiling could be the tenth or twelfth man on that all-star team if the sure. Blazers get the second seed. That's okay. my whole point. But okay, I get that whole point, but I don't see how this translates to them competing in the Western Conference Finals because that's where their ceiling is, right? According to you, if CJ McClum steps up because they're beating out the Clippers and the Clippers are arguably the second best team in the Western Conference. Now, right? that was like, that was like down the line. That's like a playoff ascension to- sort of thing. You, we, I don't want to talk about Clippers versus Blazers. Like that's a whole argument in its own. I, I can make the argument for either. That's fine. But I'm okay. talking about, you know, if the supporting cast pans out, Right, because of their additions, which is great. You know, I think we don't know they're going to be trash more defensively. More than CJ McCollum, I think. CJ no, I don't McCollum, think so. I don't know why this guy is a wild card. I just don't understand it because he he's been consistently playing well for the past like four seasons. And I understand. Ever since he got more minutes, like he's been putting up numbers. But but do you even, see any one of these other guys like stepping up in their roles? That's my that's, point. And that's exactly why the Blazers struggle because they never have that third piece that puts them above and beyond to compete for a championship. They've always had this problem. That's literally why like a trade for like Kevin Love would make so much sense for them. They need that third piece. They've always needed that third piece. Okay, That's why they, they struggled when they, they had Dame and LaMarcus. They didn't have the third guy. Then they, they didn't got get CJ that third Dame. piece. Yeah, and, and that's why that, that's like the, the sad part about like a, being a Portland Trailblazer fan. Like you always will have two really good players, a strong one-two combo in your backcourt, and then you, you're just guessing. Like if Robert Covington drops 21 night, they're going to be an unstoppable team. I mean, the guy's a great 3 and D player, but they would much rather have a two-way all-star wing, you know, that's, that's coming off them. Like a Paul George scenario for them would have been amazing, you know? Like, they, and they don't have that. They, like, that's where they struggle. That's where they have problems. A Blake Griffin on that team would do wonders for them, right? Like, these are the players they should go after in the midseason that they can trade for because they have the assets to, to make them a competing playoff team that can go for a championship. That's my opinion. And I, I think, and I don't think that CJ McCollum really plays a role in that because CJ McCollum is one of, is, is a consistent guy. They can go and be like, look, Damon Lillard and CJ McCollum are going to perform for me. Yes. He, he might average a point less or a point or two points more. It doesn't really freaking matter if he's averaging 24 or 22, right? Like CJ McCollum's like discrepancies in his game, I guess, which we can get into a little bit. It's like the fact that he can't defend and he can't play make. That's like where they like, and that's where having that third option would really help them. Like getting a person like Blake Griffin would like really open up the floor for them, you know, get the passing going and stuff too. So 
I want to push back. I want to push back on what you're saying. Like they would have, they need a third star. Like we can agree on that. Like, cause I agree too. Maybe that third star is it, but the last three, four years, they have refused to done that, to do that. What right? do you refuse? They just haven't had the chance to. And this is the problem. Again, when you have small market teams, they have trouble recruiting players to come play for them. It's not about recruiting. Like they, they had the option to trade. Like it's been, you're not in uh, caps, like, you know, jail for like three, four years. Something's going to open up. If you wanted to trade Nurkic, they would have, they would have. And they refused to do that because you know why they have decided okay, we're building around Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Their actions in the last three, four years have shown that. Have they okay. ever had a rumor come out like, you know, we're trading for Kevin Love. We want to go after Blake Griffin. No, it's always Dame talking to these guys. You should come. And the Kevin Love scenario is only because he's from Portland. That's yeah. As fans, we have come up with that. So the front office is telling us through their actions that Damian, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are our guys. They're our one-two, and okay. we're building the select pieces around so them they're to not see the what works cards. best. So then you can't say one of them is a wild card because he's I not. Can. I How can't is he a wild card when he's the guy that you're, you're putting in as in the sense of, sentence of consistency? Consist- problem- I'm putting him in. So he's been consistently like a 20-point score. That's right? amazing. I, like, that's, that's amazing. But I'm saying he's a wild card because I think, in my opinion, I think CJ wants to get better. And if the front office has made the decision, these are a one-two guys, and we're going we're gonna to get supporting pieces around you, and we have to make it fit. The pressure is on the one-two guys to make keep it going. And obviously, the one-two guys aren't doing good enough if they're finishing out of the first round every year, right? And Damian Lillard is putting up MVP numbers. And, and, and Damian Lillard is putting up MVP numbers every single year. So who's left? Who's left? It's CJ McCollum. He has to step up if they have any hopes of get championship hopes. That's my point. When you have an MVP caliber player on your team, you have to be thinking championship hopes. And if they want to get to that level, which I don't know if they will, they this is the, the tough questions. These are the tough questions. Yes, but the front office isn't doing that. This is the team that's presently constructed. If you want to question the front office's moves and talk about third star, fine. That's fair, whatever it is. But I'm looking at the team that they have constructed for next season, and none of these guys are going to average 20 a game. It's simple as that. So what else do you have to hope for? is CJ McCollum. He has to average 25, 26 points a game. Yes, their defense needs to get better. He needs to play make better. He needs to, you know, make better decisions. Everything he's doing, yes, we both agree he's an amazing player, but he needs to take it to another level. I'm talking about Paul George, you know, 26, 27 a night, that kind of thing to where it's a more even backcourt and, you know, they can play off each other every night and CJ's taking over more games than Damian. It's right now, it's like, I would say it's like 65, it's 70, 30 Damien uh, on a nightly basis. I mean, at to bring it day, back to like yeah. 60, 40. That's if you look at last point. season, yes, sure. I can give you that argument. But like, if, you, if you're looking at it from the perspective of them getting bounced out of the first round, like CJ McCollum has stepped up every season in the playoffs. Like he averages more in the playoffs than he does in the regular season. I understand, and, but that and arguably speaking, they've never arguably, had a supporting cast like this. No, and it's arguably the best speaking, supporting cast. Exactly. So if you're looking at it from, you know, a projection perspective, this year is going to be better for them, right? Because one, in the regular season, Damon Lillard doesn't have to work as hard for them to win games. They have a healthier team, right, with Nurkic, and they also have better players. And, you know, CJ McCombs going to bring back whatever he's going to bring. He's probably going to play better because he's good off playing off the ball, and especially when he's playing with Nurkic. Then you go into the playoffs, yeah, you can see them maybe winning a series because you're going to expect high-level production from all the players that they have. 
does this make them a contender? I don't think so because even if they have a play, MVP caliber player with Damian Lillard, the, the biggest struggle that, you know, and, and you'll see this next season too when they have a bunch of like free agents that are going to come into the 2021 class. Like it's really hard for a small market team to convince players to come play for them, even if they're like above average. It's just because would you rather go to Portland or would you rather go to LA? You're obviously going to want to go to LA. It doesn't matter. Like, and, and, and this is something that's, you know, been brought up by the association a lot of times. Like, it, it sucks because small market teams just struggle in, in, in getting those big stars, landing that big fish, bro. New York has been such a bad team for our entire lives. They had one year where they made the playoffs that I remember with Carmelo. And, they, and Madison Square Garden, like, erupted when they beat the Heat. Do you remember that? When they were the eighth seed and they played the Heat in 2012? I do. Yeah. And, but- dude... Their fan and people are still like, like, oh, I'd go play for the Knicks. Why? Why would you go play for the Knicks over Portland? If Portland can pay the same super off track with the small market things, like again, you're changing the argument from that's why Portland is at a disadvantage, and I'm talking about okay, that's fine, but I'm focusing like they're not gonna pout and stuff. They need like the front office is like not going to be like, well, you know, we're just going to give up this year because I understand. we have a front office. We have, we have a small market team. No, that's not it. You have to focus on what's at hand. You think CJ's like complaining. It's like, you know what? I'm not going to train as hard this summer because we're no, a small market. Absolutely. team. We're not going to get better anyways. That's my, I, no, I they're going to come in. They're going to compete for a championship. But in my opinion, I don't think it's like CJ averaging four more points a game is going to mean anything because that's just in reality four more points a game you need to add a third star that's what will make them you know compete for a championship that's just reality now if cj averages four more points a game this season which you know is definitely in the cards for him he can definitely do it but what does that mean in this in the in the sense that like i don't think it makes them like a, a great regular season team for sure. But when it comes to the playoffs, he's already going to be averaging those like three, four extra points a game anyways. And like when you're coming up against juggernauts, like the Lakers or the Clippers, like it's going to be tough, you know? Well, if, if he steps up and if CJ steps up, you know, and makes it more even where they can become even a better backcourt together, they win more games. And if they win more games, that only solidifies their chance to win home court advantage. And by then, you'd hope the supporting cast is flowing really well to the point where they almost look unbeatable in the first round and maybe in the second round because we know CJ's a proven playoff performer. Yeah, I could definitely see this team. I could definitely see this team going to the second round. And I don't think that makes CJ a wild card. I don't think – because I think he he has always – top four teams in the West? Who are your top four teams in the West? Right now, it's going to be probably the Lakers, Clippers, Blazers, and probably the Nuggets. You don't think the Blazers can beat the Nuggets in a seven-game series? No. Not a chance. Not a single I mean, chance. It will be close, but I think, I think the Nuggets so, can eat out in six. So when, CJ, so when CJ destroyed Jamal like in game seven and beat them two years ago, that, that Sure, but Jamal Murray has also become a better player. Like He had a phenomenal playoff series against the in Jazz. A bubble. And what in makes, a bubble environment where I mean, the rest was like – What we're looking at right now is – Possibly the same thing. There's going to be no fans in a massive arena. Like, but the rest is completely different. They were playing every other day consistently. Sure, but at the same time, like you can't just you know just say oh it's the bubble and then like put an asterisk after every single performance. Like they still played high level NBA basketball. It was weird. In fact, 
playing in the bubble must have been much harder than playing in, you know, an arena, like in certain aspects, right? A lot of players have already come out and said that, like, it was like this weird trance that they were in and like, they couldn't go outside. Yeah. But I actually have a quote from Damian Lillard who said it was really easy because you think you, you can say that it's like much harder, but after the bubble, there's no travel. There's no checking into hotels. There's no anything. You, you I mean, finish the game and you go dude, straight to neither the of us have been there. Thing. And like, obviously people have different perspectives and different opinions, but the general consensus from what I've seen and from what most players have said, other than Damian Lillard is that it was pretty freaking difficult to play in the bubble. It was difficult to live there, I'm sure, but to play there, like, I'm not sure. You know, it was that. Why would it not be? Why would it not be? You know, more difficult when you know you're playing in a completely different environment than what you're used to. And a guy like Jamal Murray, like, I can still see him, like, playing well this upcoming season in the playoffs. He has because more experience. There's, no than there's a reason why people say asterisks because there's no travel involved, and you're getting every other day like rested. When people get like. And there's no travel whatsoever. And in a seven-game like, series, at a decent price. Yeah. yeah, but in a seven-game series, you're, you're kind of doing the same thing, right? For You're traveling not like – you're staying at the same place for stretch of games, and then you're going back and forth once you get, like, into the later games of the series. But I don't think that it would be so crazy to think that the Nuggets can beat the Blazers. When I don't think it's so, so crazy that the Blazers can beat the Nuggets. Yeah. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not arguing with you that – It's going to be close. It's, it's going to be, be close. close, but then, but by, you know, by a coin flip, let's just agree on that. It's a, by a coin flip, you're essentially uh, like saying that it's a possibility that the Blazers can make the Western Conference Finals, right? And that's my whole point. I mean, especially if CJ can, steps I, up, I, if CJ steps up and puts like near. I don't think it's an if. He's going to step up. He always has. Okay. And plays to the level of Jokic and Murray too. Like, and with this uh, additional supporting cast, with the Nuggets losing three rotation players? I mean, yeah, but you add Michael that. Porter Jr. Like, he's the expert. I mean, we can have that argument team. again. We can talk about that. But they lost a lot of key guys. Torrey Craig, uh, Mason Plumley, and, and Jeremy Grant, right? And now they're starting 36-year-old Paul Millsap at their four. Like, I mean, again, it comes down to... Nurkic could dri- dribble, like, circles around. Well, I mean, Millsap is still an all-star, you know, and he, his knowledge of the game is what's making him start... He was, dude, at some point. Yeah, I mean, five years ago. That's what happens when players get washed. Carmelo Anthony was an all-star. Sure. I mean, Why is he dropping 25 a game? Bro, he had a good season. I mean, yeah, obviously players season. get older. But, again, to my point, it, again, not as effective. it comes down to Michael Porter Jr. for that series. Anyways, that, I, I mean, that regardless, you see how it comes down to other players that have to perform? It's not up to CJ to – it's not like, oh, if CJ averages 26 a series, like, they're going to win. No, it's up to – you know, how is Nurkic going to play? Is Anthony Sines going to be effective? Is, does it come down? How does Robert Covington fit into the entire picture? These are the but players they all, that are going to They all come over. around the same. They all go around like the same sphere, which is the others, right? The others are so important. You're acting okay. like, I'll give you I a better he, example. So remember the eight regular season games in the bubble, right? There were stretches sure. like Anthony Davis like would come off 40-point games and he would come out and have zero rebounds. Remember that stretch? And I think yeah, it was in the playoffs that. too. Yeah, and we lost those games. I understand. Anthony Davis had games where he had zero rebounds. Yeah. And guess what? We lost. We I remember. Lost. I remember. It wasn't a stretch. And it was one game. It, yes. The entire narrative with the Lakers season is LeBron, AD, and the others. Right? Okay. We found out very quickly there's no third guy. So we grouped them all as others. Right? And, and who guess won what? The championship the, for them? The others. And because guess what? All three clicked. 
all three clicked. The others all clicked. And you can get into a deeper conversation about individually how. So the same thing is applied here. But you're the acting like exact thing. No, but you're acting like Anthony Davis was a wild card. Like, oh, there might be a chance that this guy's not going to like go into the next game and play really well. That was not the case at all. Like, that was an absolutely the case. That's my entire point. When you drop zero rebounds a game, there was a, literally game three. We lost against the Nuggets because we had zero rebounds. Doc, it was one game. Exactly, but that's my point. You're taking there was that a one question. game and you're translating it to the entire scenario of the Western Conference playoffs for the Blazers next season. And that's like not... No, not the playoffs. Not the playoffs. I'm giving you an example about how a team is constructed and how teams are held to different responsibilities. That's my whole point. Yeah, but... So the, my whole point is that CJ has the same kind of responsibility. He needs to take on more responsibilities for, you know, the Blazers to have successes they want to have. For the past four seasons. And I'm saying those responsibilities needs to be more. Why does it have to be more than it already is? He because already, it's not working. Because where are they ending up? Where's what is their extra responsibility going? to you? Like, what does it translate on the court? What is this extra responsibility you're talking about? Less minutes and less possessions off Damian Lillard's hands. That's what I'm saying. More scoring output. More rebounding output. More pick and roll scenarios. More, more touches. More everything. That's what I'm saying. More ball handling ability. Like everything. Whatever you know, they have. Uh, Terry Stotts has in his playbook. You know, ramp that up by like, you know, like more because you're going to need Lillard for the playoffs. You're going to need McCollum for the playoffs. That's my whole point. CJ McCollum, it's time. It's his seventh season. He needs more added responsibilities and less pressure off Dame if they're going to go far. Yeah, but I think the reason why Dame averages more points and more buckets is literally because he takes more shots. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and and I don't, and I think CJ like performs. Not he doesn't even have a limited role. Like they alternate off the ball, and like when Dame is like in rhythm, you know, hitting three, four threes. I don't see the point of being like, all right, Dame, you cool off now. CJ, go after the ball. No, like, no, yeah. that's a different. I, that's a scenario you just pulled out of nowhere. Dude, of course, that's not the a, scenario where that's going to happen. In a lot of the games that they played last season, that was. I know they alternate. No, not alternating. Like you'd see Damon Lillard just have like a stretch where he'd score. 10, 10 points in a row. And like, and my point is, CJ needs to prove that he can go on those stretches at well at some points. He has. That's my point. That's what, my point. It's not like he hasn't proven no. that. He definitely has. He has. He has. Not as, enough, not as much as Dame. Okay. Where would you say, like, percentage-wise, like, Dame achieves that and CJ achieves that, right? Dame achieves those hot stretches, like, probably, like, 80% of the time in combined hot stretches and CJ's at 20%, right, of the season. He's probably had hot games where he's like ended them right i'm literally saying they need to you know bring that bar to more reason like cj needs to step up and be able to have the potential to go off and have hot stretches where he's scoring 10 points a game 40 percent of the blazers season while pressure is taken off dame and he can uh, come off him for 60 percent of the season when you have two I equal guys just like look at steph curry and clay thompson's like scoring output it should be 30 and 24 right that's what they average. That's what all I'm asking for you're CJ at it from such an, I know, but you're looking at it from such an offensive perspective. Like, defense also matters to them. Okay, but now why, we were just talking about offense. Like, why are you switching over to the defensive argument? No, because, no, because defense okay, is a whole makes, different story, which we can't predict at all. Okay. And defense is a, is a team, is a team collective. You can't look at individual defensive numbers and blame them for the de- defensive mishaps. Okay, but in, in my opinion, like, that's where – the, the step up needs to happen for the backcourt. I agree. I don't think it's like, dude, you're talking like marginally, like you, like you're expecting day, like CJ to average like 28 points a game and that 
they have to average 30, and you think that's going to do it for them. Like, that's the reason why they're going to win all their games. But in my opinion, it's like, I don't necessarily see that that is the case. Because um, when you look at defensive rating, like, CJ McCollum sucks, right? Um, and and Damian Lillard has definitely improved his defense, defense over the course of, like, these past few seasons, but he's undersized, right? And that's where, like, teams exploit them. And that's where they struggled even last season. Like, their backcourt, like, they had no, like, good play. Like, okay, Whiteside had, you know, statistically he was good, but I felt like players that were, like, that had good, or teams that had good backcourts could kind of run over the Blazers. And then it only took them until when Nurkic came back that they were able to go on that stretch and, you know, win some Wait, you said teams with better backcourts, like, were running through the Blazers? Yes, so that's why my whole point is like, why can't the Blazers have a better backcourt? Why can't they be a better backcourt? Why? What is stopping them from being the number defense. one backcourt in the league? Their defense, their defensive capabilities. You need to no, have because the better backcourts are literally like, you know, more more scores. That's what I'm saying. Are Harden and Westbrook were they ever defensive like players? No, but they were the best backcourt or top two, top three in the league I mean, because of Russ how efficiently they score. Russ is a good defender. No, he's not. No, he's not. But he's not known for his defense. I can say the same thing that Dame's a good defender. I mean, right? Russ is level. a better defender than Dame, bro. That's a okay, it's the same thing, but you're not talking about like all defensive caliber like type players. Russ is a decent defender. Sure, sure he has emphatic blocks and stuff like that, but that doesn't mean he doesn't get lost on defense all the time. I That's understand. That's my point. It's like, why can't you expect more scoring Right out of like just like Harden and Westbrook are from Dame and CJ. Why can't Dame be expected to drop thirty three a game and CJ drop twenty seven? MVPs, bro. CJ McCollum is not an MVP level player. What? That's my whole fucking point. The ceiling is he needs to be able to put up MVP type numbers on any given night. Why can't we expect twenty nine a game? You know, twice a week from CJ. That is my point. That is the ceiling he needs to reach. Because the Blazers are ever going to make the finals. I don't understand, like. His game is just not catered to do that. Like if you, That's my point. He needs to expand his game. I, I don't think that, again, you're, you're expecting things out of him that I don't think is necessarily important to lead them to a really strong playoff performing. But game. as constructed, that's what it's need. Unless you're telling me you need Nur- Yusuf Nurkic to average 23 and 15 next season. No. Or you're going to ask Robert Covington the, to drop 19-7 that CJ McCollum needs is not a scoring in, like, increase. I think it's – I disagree then. I think it's assists or, like, moving the ball around because he – Exactly. Like, that's fine. If, even, even if that's seen – even if that's achieved, then that's my whole point. Just more responsibility. You're making my point, right? More responsibility. Pick and roll threats. That's what I'm saying. More touches. I, I don't said think the whole I, thing. I don't think that has – That can all lead to assists. That's, that's not point. more responsibility. That's just, like – playing a different game than he normally does. I don't think that adds to his, like, pressure or his weight to, like... That's fine, but he, he's, like, needs to show more. That's my whole point. If he gets more assists per game, like, isn't that producing more and thus making him a better player and increasing his ceiling? And him, if he averages more assists and more points than he did last season, is he not stepping up by definition? That is called stepping up. That is literally what I am asking of CJ McCollum. I think you're asking him to average like 27 and nine. And I don't think. No, I'm not. I literally told you, I'm asking him to average like 24 and six, which I think can be done because we've seen what this guy can do in the playoffs. That's not going to make them. Yeah. That's not going to make them. And and to my point, I don't think that's going to make them like a a, a really like above average team. That's going to like be a contender in the West. 
but you have them fourth and I have them third. So like, what's like, what's the definition that can actually make the finals? I don't know how other people look at it, but that's how I look at it. And that's different than I look at teams. I look at the top seven. I look at the top. What are they contending for? Five or six teams in the in the in the in the league. Five to, five to seven teams in the league okay. are contenders. The, the Blazers are, you know, a top one of those five to seven. I yes. agree with you. But I also think that when you compare them to the other teams in the league. So yeah, okay. no, I'm not saying just, they're a strong contender. Let's just run contender. through them quick. Yeah. They're, they're, I'm they're not agreeing. Contenders. I'm not saying and they're I not don't a strong think, contender. Yeah, and it's not because of CJ McCollum. That's my point. Like, it's what? I don't think it's because of CJ McCollum. I don't think it, that he's the reason why. No, I'm not saying that either. You're flipping the argument. I'm saying the opposite. If he can elevate his game to MVP or like all-star caliber like type play, he can get them to that conversation. That is my whole fucking point. Would you not agree that if he averages like 25 and like eight, like they could potentially be better than the Celtics or like better than the Heat, stuff like that? No. Look at Jalen Brown. Who's the second best player on the, on the Heat or the Celtics, right? Can CJ McCollum not have the potential to average those types of numbers as they do? That's yeah. my whole point. I don't think That's my whole if fucking you average point. more numbers. Look it... at Kyrie Irving's averages. Don't you think like CJ could achieve that? What does Kyrie average? Like 23 and 8? That's literally what I'm saying too. That's my whole fucking point. I don't know if he can average 23 and 8 because he's not a good passer. Like, that's, that's what he needs to expand he's on. That's d- he said double his assist average to get to 23 and 8. Okay, well, you just pulled eight. I said six. That's my whole point. It's still comparable to Kyrie, the second best player on the team. Second best player on the championship team. That's my whole point. Yeah, but I feel like you're expecting things out of him that's, like, not necessarily possible. I mean, in my opinion, like, I just I just think that the third option on their team matters more than C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard because the two of them will always perform. They will always take that, that extra step necessary to provide, you know, as much of a winning berth as possible. And but we saw that third options don't, like, are not required to win championships. Of course they are. What no, do you they're not. not. What, Who is the third option on the Miami Heat? Who is the third option on the Lakers this year? That's my whole point. What, all their role players, one of them would step up almost every game. That's so that, like, one of their role players. That's what I'm saying. So they're lumped together. One of the others. There's no third option here. And that's okay. Okay, you're act, but the big difference between the Lakers, the Heat, and the and the Blazers, maybe the, the Heat and Blazers are more comparable, right? Because you know they don't have they have a bunch of really good guys, but on the Heat, like there would always be you know three guys that were just standing above the rest, right? And that's what put them over the top. Also, they play in a conference that's obviously much easier to get to the finals in compared to the Western Conference. I disagree. What do you mean you disagree? They played against the, they played against the Bucks, who historically don't defend against the three, and they beat them. But that doesn't make them a bad team. Historically, if you want to talk about the definition historically, they were supposed to be good. They just choked, just like the Clippers did. So they cancel each other out. Why did they? The, why did they choke? The Celtics the, and the, the Raptors. Bucks, the, the Raptors Bucks. are good. The Raptors lost their best player coming into this. This last I could make season. the argument the Celtics and Raptors are better than the Nuggets too. I think the East are more top heavy than the West. It's pretty obvious. The Nuggets are not. I think the Nuggets are better than at least the the Sixers and the Raptors. I don't think the Raptors last, last season. Last season, I think they were. The Raptors lost arguing. two players, and they added Aaron Baines. But you're talking about last season. You're talking okay. about last season. Even if you were to look at it from last season's perspective, like 
the Nuggets were better. The Nuggets made the Western Conference Finals. You can make that comparison because the date, like the the stature, is there. But I'm talking about head to head. Like you're ma- making the comparison, like between the two teams, not the team's performance. And the team's performance has one skewed one way. But I'm saying this: the East was so top heavy. The yeah. Celtics and Raptors went to seven because it was just a slugfest, right? You're looking at the Bucks, the Celtics, the Raptors, the Heat, the Pacers who are, who are tough, right? And then you're talking about the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, and who else? Who else? What do you mean? The Thunder, the Rockets? The Rockets were a good team. The Rockets had no chance like, to the do Mavs. anything. The Mavs the, didn't have a chance. They were the seventh you, seed. The Mavs were literally had one of the best offenses in NBA history. I don't understand. That's fantastic, and it got them to the seventh seed and it bounced in the first round. Okay, do you see the discrepancy there? Like, if you're having one of the best offensive seasons in NBA history, and you're getting to the seventh seed in the Western Conference. You're telling me that. But look at their games won, bro. It doesn't. It's not Mavs, about like. Yes, it, because it's they struggled defensively. Offense. But like, you're talking about like a guy who was like was like finished like fourth on the MVP voting in Luka Doncic. Like, and they have Chris X, Przingis, they have, like Tim Hardaway. Like that team is much better than some of the teams in the Eastern Conference. Like the Celtics and the Heat. I think they're better. They were one hundred percent better than the Celtics. The Mavericks were better than the Boston Celtics last season. Of course. You are out so. of your mind. Celtics were a better defensive team, but like, name me three. Name me three players on their team besides Luca and KP that provide any sort of value. Hardaway, JJ Barea. David <laughs> Bray is kind of a stretch, but they like they had Justin Jackson. He was valuable for them. He was not valuable. Of course, don't look at the numbers. No, he wasn't. Maxi Kleber before he got injured was pretty good for oh them. Oh my goodness gracious! Meanwhile, the Celtics like literally made two games away from the NBA Finals. J- Jason Tatum, who's an MVP caliber player, Jalen Brown, who's Dwight, ten times wait, better Dwight, than Luke. Dwight Powell. Dwight Powell was super important. For Dwight Powell is ass. He's comparable to fucking. He's on comparable team, he to who? Daniel good. Tice. Does is, does anyone on the Mavs compare to Marcus Smart? No. Does anyone on the team compare to Kemba Walker? No. Yes. Luke who compares to Kemba Walker? I okay. Think. Who compares to uh, Jason Tatum? Chris Tapps. And then who compares to Jalen Brown? Who's as good as Jalen Brown? Tim Hardaway. Team? Tim Hardaway. Tim. So you're saying Tim Hardaway is just as good as Jalen Brown? Yes. I mean, okay. They're like offensively speaking. Yes. Dude, you're acting like this guy just left the pod. I don't even understand. Jalen Brown is an all-star caliber player, but Timothy Hardaway, in my opinion, offensively speaking, can put up the same numbers as Jalen Brown. And in terms of being an offensive offensive juggernaut, I think that you know the Dallas Mavericks do have an edge over the Boston Celtics. So, well, Shub left the pod. Um, I don't know when he's coming back, but, you know, it's been a – Quite an interesting podcast so far. Let's see. Oh, he's made a return. He went to get some food, get some apples. Offensively speaking, brother. Offensively speaking. Sorry, guys. You know, I'd never dip out on the pod, but I just heard some. Wow. That, that was. That was insane. How is that My insane? Man, I should kick you off the pod like right now. You what? literally said Tim, Tim Hardaway offensively. is offensively as good as Jalen Brown. I think so, yes. What's wrong with you're, that? You're looking up the numbers right now, and you're literally going to shit yourself. What do you Shit mean, yourself. Numbers? I mean, Hardaway, Hardaway did well. Dude, there's a reason why that team was the best offense in all of NBA history. Yeah, because they have a great facilitator and one person who revolves the offense around them. 
don't the Rockets have an amazing offense? That's fantastic. Yeah. But guess what? So it doesn't work in terms of winning a championship. The Celtics are a 15,000 times better defensive team than the Mavericks are. Yeah, but I There's a reason the Celtics were third overall. There's a reason the Mavs were seventh, right? There's a reason the Celtics were two games away from the NBA Finals, and Luka is just as comparable in age to Tatum. Tatum is only two years older than, than Doncic. Jalen Brown's coming off 20 points a game and almost making the all-star team. The only thing Tim Hardaway has to do with all-star games is his dad. That doesn't mean that when you compare the both of them offensively, I think they both offer. I, I think Tim Hard, Tim Hardaway, in my opinion, offensively, he's a straight shooter. He's yeah. just literally shoot. He can't create for the life of him. That's all you need. Jalen Brown averages twenty a game. How do you not like? How are you not good offensively? If you're like, I'm not saying he's not good game? offensively. I'm just saying that Tim Hardaway is also like a natural scorer and a good shooter. So like, he's not a scorer. He's not on on the Knicks. He was. But not on the Mavericks. You weren't watching. On the Mavericks, that he was a good third option for no, them. No, he wasn't. There is no third option. There, everyone just stands aside and shoots. When you have a good facilitator, like that's what you do. Yes, that's what the offense turns into. A facilitator and everyone, it's a spread offense. That's I why think it's the Mavericks historic. last season were still better than the, the Boston Celtics. Like, I don't know what you want me to tell you, Doug. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable. You thought the Dallas Mavericks were better than the Boston Celtics. Yeah. Well, that is not even close to CJ McCollum and the, you know, the Blazers. But, you know, I Dude, guess we'll call it here. Boston won five more games than Dallas. Like, that's it. It was so close. And they play in a worse conference. It's not so, a worse conference. The Eastern Conference is 100% worse than the Western Conference. What are you talking about? Not by that much. Are you kidding me? There were teams in the East that just Jimmy didn't didn't even have a chance of making the playoffs. You were talking about the eighth, ninth, and tenth seed in the West, all the way till the to the last moment of the goddamn. We definitely we definitely got sidetracked. Um, you know, you know, CJ, I love you. I I try to fight for you. I guess my boy here doesn't think you're as intriguing as a lot of other people do. We I try to make the case, but this has been fun. Um, we got lot. <laughs> we got this lost. Is funny. I actually, I actually thought this was a great pod. I, I thought this was great. Um, I just didn't know. understand your points of. First of all, CJ, I know that Shub here thinks that you, you, he was defending you, but Shub is expecting more out of you. Well, I'm expecting you to play the same way and to be great the way you already are. So I don't understand who you're defending when you say that, Shub, because you weren't defending CJ. You were asking more out of him when I don't think it's his fault that the Blazers are the way they are right now. And again, so. CJ, I was never blaming you. I just think you're a winner. And Of you know, course he's a winner. You're used to winning, winning scenarios. And I think even you know well. you have to get better. I think even you know you have to get better. I know you want to get better. It's Dude, you always look at – You want to go. You just look at like, okay, if the guy averages like five more points a game, they're automatic like third seed contenders – going to go to the Western Conference Finals. But like, that's like not the case. You're like, give me 20 and 10, dude, and then this guy's going to do this. Like, give me 25 and 8. Like, that's it. Like, no, that's not how it works. You know, you can't just average three more points and a couple more assists and then say that you're going to win every damn game on the planet. It comes down to defensively. Like, defensively, that team struggled last season, and now they added, you know, a good defender in Robert Covington. We got to see how that plays out for them, right? But defensively, as a backcourt, they struggle. They're undersized. They're two undersized guards, okay? So, like, I don't understand how that – how you can correlate that to, 
like it doesn't matter if the dude drops 40 and he's letting up 40 on the other end like what do you do then right when you play against these big teams like that's what you're gonna get like you drop 40 and then on the other side you see anthony davis has 37 himself and lebron with 29 like what are you gonna do it just cancels out it comes down to the third guy it comes down to kcp it comes down to freaking robert covington and from hardaway jr <laughs> 100% comes out of Tim Hardaway Jr., dog. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Like, you could say, okay, Jalen Brown is a better offensive player than Tim Hardaway Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is it? Which one is it then? Which one is it? I, I need to know. The were a better team overall. I mean, there's a reason why they had such an amazing offense, and I think, you know, that's going to carry forward this season as well. They're going to, you know, play phenomenally. I just think that, you have a young guy who's not as experienced as Luka Doncic, and you know Chris Apps who's always injured. Doncic, like, Doncic, Doncic. Sorry, Doncic, not Doncic. But I mean, it takes time for them to develop and you know become the team that they want to be. But I mean, I guess I know we both agree on the fact that that like that Dallas team is going to be dangerous in the years to come, like three, four years down the line. Like they're going to be. What do you mean that's cap? <laughs> they need help. In three, four years, you don't think that they're going to be able to get someone. Like Giannis is on their radar Giannis, apparently. No, I don't think Giannis, no. I, I mean, you never Giannis know. Is coming. I don't know if he is or not. I'm not going to speak for him, but that's going to do it for this episode of the Uncharted Pod, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I guess you know my vision for uh, you know CJ and his uh, goals were not well received. You know, maybe we'll get it right on the next one. Um, you know, you guys can debate. Uh, you know what you think, CJ means to the Blazers and what he doesn't and, you know, what the Blazers look like next season. So. He's important to them, but he's not so important that it's going to lead them to a freaking finals appearance, dog. This guy's like 25 and 8. Oh, my it's God. Over. MVP okay. season from CJ McCollum. Like, obviously, um, dog, if Rodney Hood average an MVP season, dog, they'd make the freaking Western Conference finals. Like, shut up. Just give me an MVP season. Oh, my God. Get out of here, dog. <laughs> I never said that. Dude, that's literally oh you. <laughs> literally, even with the John Wall thing, dog, you're like, hey, if oh, we just see 16 and 9 from him, even though he hasn't. How is 16 and 9 an MVP season? No, Please explain. No, it's not an MVP season, but the way you act, it's like, oh my God, like this guy just needs to average like 16 and 9, and they're going to freaking be an amazing team. And then the next <laughs> okay, pod, you're like, James Harden's getting traded off the Rockets. Like, Look at every championship team. They have that. Look at the statistics of every championship level team. They have the Blazers are not a championship lever team. I never said that they were. I don't think they I think are. They can be. Absolutely they not. They can be. If everything Absolutely goes right, not. they can be. What's everything going right? Two players that's averaging what, every that's two what the whole pod. Is, that's what the pod Shut is up, about, dog. dude. Shut and, up. The, and the supporting cast showing up and fulfilling their roles. That's my point. The supporting cast is more important than CJ McCollum showing up because CJ McCollum is going to show up. Yes, if he doesn't and he has a history of not showing up, like our man Paul George, then we can talk about that. But to my knowledge, this man shows up. This man, this man plays he out of his mind. His personal goals, job. I'm sure he just doesn't want to stay at 23 and 4. That's my whole point. Obviously, no player wants to stay at where they're at, dog. Unless you, like, don't really care and you're looking at just chasing the bag. That's such a do bad think, argument. Do, do you think McCollum wants to average 23 and 4 next season? I, yes he, or no? He's, he's coming yes or in no? next season. Yes or no? Wanted to average yes no? 100 points a game. Yes obviously. or no? No, obviously not. Okay. I get okay. That's, but so that's then, such an obvious thing. It's like what? will he will he will he average twenty three and four next season? Yes or no? I'm I think he does. I think he might, he might average 24, 24 and five. If you're so like, what's that different than what I'm saying, which is like twenty five and six? 
that's a whole two points difference. That's three points difference, bro. Three points. That's okay. And I, the guy can average more level. points, but it's not about the, the scoring that's CJ's problem. It's the fact that he can't play make. We're going in circles. We're going. In I circles. know we're going I think in he circles. Can't play make. So uh, really, he can play make. I haven't seen this guy make one crazy pass, or like. Yes, because that defines playmaking. Crazy no. passes means you're a playmaker. No, what the he, fuck kind of argument is that? No, Shut the be, fuck up. Okay, it's not about the fact that he can He he doesn't make crazy passes. I just think that when it comes down to it, he's a score first guard. He's not looking to facilitate, and that's the difference. Why can't that change this summer? Why can't that change this summer? If he starts facilitating more, they won't have an offensive output. Like, there's only so much you can do to your game. Averaging two more assists is not going to turn you into, like, the next, like, contending team. Having, having two playmakers and then a bunch of others is a championship formula. Yeah, but you're comparing Dame and CJ to LeBron and Anthony Davis. And I don't no, I'm think not. No, I'm not. Those are the players that won the championship last season, right? I'm comparing them to uh, Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry. I'm comparing them to Kawhi know, Dirk and, Kyle Lowry. and Jason Terry. Yes, but you see how you listed there was a big guy and then a little guy. Two little guys, that's definitely a different, a different story in a different situation. Kawhi, I'm not saying it's easy. Kawhi is also a great defender. Jason Terry hit like an all-time three-point shooter. But like even with Dirk, it wasn't Dirk and Jason Terry. It was Dirk and Jason Kidd. Okay? And like you need that big guy, that presence in the paint and the – they, they had great teams that surrounded them. Like, the supporting cast made all the difference for the Mavericks squad. And the supporting cast made all the difference for that, the Toronto squad. So, it comes down to those role players, dude. And you're, like, overlooking them and saying that they're not as important. Well, you know, hopefully I'll wake up from this coma that I'm in, um, you know, real soon so I can come to, uh, you know, appreciate the role players, I guess, more and you know, not. I don't understand how you don't appreciate role players when the Lakers literally won a championship off of role players. That, you don't mean that at all. You know, as great as the role players are because we paid most attention to them, they had minimal or like, you know, very low reason why we won the championship, right? I mean, LeBron and Anthony Davis. It starts with two guys. It does start with two guys, but if it, it ends with a whole team, dude. You can't, you can't play a 2v5 out there, right? You needed players to step up. Like, Rondo shooting out of his mind in the playoffs obviously made a difference. All those need to go correctly, but it starts – if AD averages, like, 20 and, like, like lower than what he did, do we win a championship? I mean, obviously no. not, But you expect no. that because they're superstars. For you to exactly. say that – for you to say that the pressure's on makes no sense because their entire career is built around the fact that they can play that at that level. That's why they're superstars. Like, they're not, like CJ McCollum's not coming into this season. It's like, of course he has to average 20. So that's the expectation, Okay. Like, and I think he needs to exceed his expectations and set new goals. For I don't think if him ex- exceeding his expectations makes them a phenomenally different team. If Anthony Davis averages 33 next season, it doesn't mean that the, the Lakers are better, obviously, but they're not marginally better than Marcus Gasol putting up massive games, than you know, KCP playing really well. Than There's Kyle different ways really to well. win. I'm just presenting one way to win, and you're presenting I don't think, another. I don't think that... CJ McCollum playing really well is going to make them win more games in the playoffs. In the regular season, it might. That, but the regular season is not where they struggle. That's my point. That's my point. In the regular season, they're always finishing yes. the top five. No, they're not. They're not an issue. Because la- they're, not, they're not a guaranteed top seed. If That's my whole fucking point. You this season, they are. They're projected to be, right, according to you. And they have a great team. No, they have a great team. No, to me. If they get to, to that me, third, I see fourth seed. Being a third, I, I can see them being a, a, a third seed 
which they were a couple years back. And that's going to progress into the playoffs. And then, you know, then winning rounds and getting flow and getting chemistry and like, you know, uh, upsetting a couple teams. Like you said, you literally just said there's, there's a fighter's chance they can make the Western Conference Finals. If a team yes. that makes the Western Conference Finals, a like I don't care who the four are, that's a contender in any, in any scenario. That's so all the, I'm saying. So the Blazers that's all the, I am saying. So when the Blazers made the Western Conference Finals against the Warriors, they were a contender? No, be, no they were not because they were Why a surprise not? team. They were a surprise team. But and guess what? They were a surprise this, team this year too. The season after, the season after, you could call them a contender because they've proven that. They've proven that capability. Now, based on that offseason after the Western Conference Finals in 2019 or whatever, you know, if you wanted to say, uh, you know, other teams got better, they're no longer a contender, then that's fine. That's 100% fine. I don't think that the Blazers were a contender then, and I don't think that they – like, they've been hovering at the same area, I feel like, for the past five years. Well, it's fine. And I just gave the formula to where they need to ascend if they don't want to be stuck in this. Their ascension game. comes from the front office, bro, not from their players. Their players are perfectly fine. The and ones that's that they what we got And we'll cut it right there. You know, thank you guys again. <laughs> this has been super loud. It's the fourth time trying to end the pod. Yeah. You know, you're trying. You're trying to end it and make it sound like uh, I made some terrible points, dude, and I just couldn't. You did you absolutely it. did? This I don't. Like I think you make some terrible points, Doc. I think this is. No. I mean, this is. Let us know in the comments below if there are comments. We'll, all right? we'll let the fans. We'll let the, we'll let the fans decide. This should be entertaining. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you know us banter and stuff. CJ, if you're listening to this, please give us your take. If <laughs> my sole goal is for CJ McCollum to just spend 30 minutes his day working out or anything like that, just listen to this pod. Please, oh, please, please tell CJ. us what you think. Please educate us as two people who just love basketball and just want to be students of the game. Please help us understand NBA basketball because I'm on your side here. I want to see. I'm on your side too, CJ. I don't think that you're going to do anything wrong. But show about here is trying to act like he's on your side. But it's whatever. I am because I yeah, think yeah, it's yeah. in his potential. He can do this. Of course, it's in his potential to do it. But I don't think him doing it is going to make them win more games, dog. Okay, whatever. We both are in consensus it. on that. Dog. Whatever. <laughs> CJ. Please break this argument. Appreciate you. Thank you guys for listening to the Uncharted Pod. Uh, catch you guys next time for um, you know, our next player projection. Hints, this is another speedy point guard who actually does have a nickname. So we're excited for that. We're very excited for that. We'll catch you guys next time. Appreciate it. Yep. See you.